0: Thank you for joining us for another podcast from Covenant Community Church. And now, today's message from Senior Pastor John Lofton.
1: So as you can see by Scripture, that generation, they had had good intentions. But after Joshua passed, that generation didn't follow the Lord anymore. So isn't it interesting that they had courage when the leader was there, but they didn't have any when the leader was gone? See, saints of God, it, you cannot vicariously live your Christian life through your preacher, through your pastor, through somebody that you see on television. I, I ask people a lot, you know, do you go to church? They say, well, I watch church. You know, I, 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 I like T.D. Jakes. I like T.D. Jakes, too, but he can't be my pastor. I'm not in Dallas. Now, if I was in Dallas, I would probably go to his church. It's a great place. I've been there. I've been to the Potter's house, beautiful church, but I'm not in Dallas. I mean, I'm I'm in in Indian Trail, North Kakalaki. Amen. And so, so no, the, the pastor is the person where you have made a commitment to join a church, and you go consistently, and you give faithfully to the ministry. That's your pastor. Just showing up is not your pastor. Just because you gave a, a consecrated offering of $100.25 to that preacher on television, that parish that is not your pastor. <laughs> I'm just trying to set the record straight. Now, some people will say that we, we can have church at home. I mean, you know, a lot of people try to do that, right? But then you're going against the Bible. Because the Bible says we should not forsake That's right. the assembling together. Why? Because if you forsake it, that means you're going against the Word of God. And the reason we don't forsake it, not not so that you can come and bless the pastors. You don't forsake it because there are so many people in the church that can bless you. That's right. It's the fellowship of the body. It's getting together with one another. Understanding that, man, I need you and you need me. I got something I can give to you. You got something you can give to me that make both of us, of us better. Amen. That means that where I need to go, I need somebody else in my life to get there. No matter where you are, you didn't get there by yourself. I don't care where you are. You didn't get to where you are by yourself. Somebody helped you. Somebody wrote a check for you. Somebody opened a door for you. Somebody said something. There's no way we can come to where we are today, to three families in our living room nine years ago, to where we are if somebody didn't come and help us. If you would join and you give your time, your talents, and your resources to this ministry so we can continue to grow, develop, and bless and be a light to this community. So when it's dark in the world, we turn the light on in the church. Now, we can sit here and talk about how bad racism is and how dark it is if you want to. But listen, when you do that, you hype the devil up and you put Jesus down. I want to talk more about Christ the King. Because he's the only one that can make a change in what we're going through today. Somebody say amen. Amen. I want you to hold your heads up. Can I give you a good scripture to help you today? I want to encourage you, saints. There is so much power pumping in your body that you don't even realize. You have the ability to make a change in this generation. I don't care what you've been through. Oh, pastor, you just don't understand. My life just has been a living hell, and I've just been through so much, and uh, I just don't know if the Lord wants to use me. And, uh... Well, you're looking at a miracle right now. Because if I told you just a little bit about my past, I would be disqualified to be a pastor. If she told you just a smidget of what she's been through in her life, oh, yeah, we, we, won't, we don't have all the accolades that people have. But the one thing I got, I got Jesus. I can't show you on my wall all the divinity degrees, but I can show you in my heart I got a real relationship with Christ. Because I don't care how many accolades you got on the wall, you still may not have Jesus in your heart. And the one thing you will realize, if you ever hear me preach, you know I got a relationship with God because I don't play around with it. And I'm not here to placate to nobody in this church. I am here to give you the gospel message because it is the gospel It's the only thing that's going to help you change. Can I give you a good scripture? You ready to write this one down? All right. Are you sure? This is a good one. This is a real good one. Watch this. Check this out. Check this out. This is in the book of Leviticus. This is Old Testament. Check this out. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt so that you would no longer be slaves to the Egyptians. I broke the bars of your yoke and enabled you to walk with the heads held high. Yes. Boy, if that don't motivate you right there, I don't know what will. Because, see, one thing about Jesus Christ and his anointing that's on our life. Now, I know God was specifically speaking uh, to the children of Israel, but this also applies to Christians today. What was he saying? He was saying that you and I are no longer bound by the yoke of bondage. Let me just say that one more time because maybe you don't understand what I mean. When you got saved, he (laughs) delivered you, he set you free. So we are no longer bound by the yoke of bondage because the precious blood of the lamb has redeemed us and God has translated us from the kingdom of darkness into his light. So in other words, there was a transition. And so he's transitioned me and you and those who are saved here out of darkness into his marvelous light. Why? So that we can hold our heads up high and we don't have to draw down when people come and they criticize us and they ridicule us because we want to live right and we want to live holy and we stand on the righteousness of Christ. Boy, it's, it's, it's Christ the solid rock we stand. He broke us away from that yoke of bondage, saints of God. So be courageous. Stand up for Christ on your job. Stand up for Christ in your community. Stand up for Christ in your family. Mm -hmm. We got to take a stand. We got to draw a line in the sand because, man, I'm telling you, the church is at a critical impasse right now. it It is. How many of you have been transformed by the blood of the Lamb? See, let me tell you something. It's that transformation, that transition that would turn a drug dealer into a deacon. (laughs) See, we're talking about the power of God. We're not talking about your grandma, your granddad. We're not talking about your boys in the hood. We're talking about God. God can transform an addict into an apostle. Let me tell you something. The power of God can transform the prostitute into a prophet. See, we're talking about the transformational power of God. The power of God has transformed me. It has transformed you. You wouldn't if you, if you even thought about where you would be without God right now. Good God Almighty! If I just thought a second where I well, I probably wouldn't be here because the road I was on, I, I, yeah, I probably wouldn't be here. Amen. See, see, if you talk to so people like Chris and you talk to people like Sam who, who actually have had lead go through their bodies from gunshots, they can tell you what it's like. And for Chris, it was a knife, right? Stabbed multiple times on a gurney. They know what it feels like, not knowing if they're going to wake up. But look at God. Yes sir. Amen. <laughs> yes, sir. Look at God. Yes. Now listen. Everybody in here has a testimony. <laughs> I know you got on those cute little clothes and you look pristine and you got a story too. Everybody in here has a story. Amen. I got a lot of stories. Bless the Lord. And guess what? I'm not ashamed to talk about any of my stories with any of you. I'm not trying to pass myself off as some holy-fied pastor. I'm just a man that's trying to live for the Lord. And guess what? I have made a decision that, as for me and my house, even if all of you got up and walked out, it is not going to ever affect my relationship with God. Because I had a relationship with him before all of y'all came up in here. And I'm going to have one if everybody get up and walk out. See, that's the kind of courageous um, uh, fortitude that we have to have as Christians. Oh, yeah. That that you are so tight with Jesus. Man, the Lord just took me back to a time in my life. I remember when I was getting radiation. And... Uh, for cancer and I was laying there and you know if you've ever had chemo, if you've ever there's a what that stuff does is it's like a lull in your life. It's like it's like there's a hesitation in your life and you're laying there and you're wondering am I going to get better? How much time do I have? And I'm going to tell you saints, I'm not trying to be super Christian here because I I had a lot of questions for God when we got diagnosed. She did too. And there were nights when we wept, and there was nights I would feel the bed shaking, and she was crying because I had one of the most aggressive forms of prostate cancer that a person could have. And so we, we, we had some questions. Yes, pastoring the church. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that the ones who are preaching faith sometimes lose their faith? I just happen to be one to tell you about it, and I'm not ashamed to tell you. Because I believe that some of you are in the same boat sometimes, that at times you don't feel like you have great faith. When you're you're hurting and you just don't even know, you've been crying and your eyes are puffy and your heart is hurting and you don't quite understand. See, it's in those times, saints of God, when you're wondering. This thing for real? been there too. I've been in a place where I've cried myself to sleep. So when you come to the church and you're hurting, I know how you feel. And I don't want to hurt you more. I want to teach you so good to where you have such a close intimacy with Jesus that, yes, sometimes you can even question your own faith, but you won't walk away from God. Amen. And I just thought about one thing when I was laying there one, one time, just one of those times. It was just sometimes you're good and then sometimes, you, man, your faith is like just went out the window. How many have ever had to go through chemo or radiation? Just anything like that, right? You know sometimes you're laying there and you're good but then there are other times sam you had to lay there to get all that stuff in your in your to clean your blood out right from all of that yeah man and you watch people getting chemo right man if you ever go into one of those rooms it'll change your whole perspective it'll change your perspective the stuff that we complain about when i would come back from getting my radiation i had to move to atlanta and I would come back from getting my radiation, and I would see people coming back from getting chemo, i said I got nothing to complain about. The hair is gone, and they're so weak. And God blessed me to just be a blessing to other people who were there at that Hope Lodge. But the one thing that I thought about, guys, when I was laying there this particular time is... God, I don't feel like I've done enough in this generation. That's what was the biggest pain in my heart was I just, I said, God, I feel like I have more in me right now. Don't take me away when I feel like I'm really getting my footy. I don't mean to weep on you, saints of God, but I want to give you hope. Because I feel like some of you in this room right now, you're ready to give up. And I'm here to tell you, I've been there. I've been there. I know what that feels like. But I came here to motivate you to say, come on, you can do it. If I did it, you can do it too. Trust me, you can do it. Don't give up. Hold your head up high. And know that the God we serve is an awesome God. And I can stand here to declare to you today that I'm healed in Jesus' name. We're going to hold our heads up high, saints of God. Yes, we do go through things. This is why it's important that you have a good church home. You're going to need somebody. My wife will tell you, man, every I would get my radiation that Friday morning, and I could not wait to get back on the road to come back to this church to preach from Atlanta every week. I had to get radiation for, for 35, for 35 uh, what was it, 35, seven weeks? Every day, five days a week. But I made sure I was here in this pulpit, didn't I? You know what I was telling the devil? You can take your best shot, brother. I ain't dead yet. Amen. See, sometimes that's what you got to do, Thanks of God. In spite of your pain and people walking away from you and you getting hurt. Some of you have been hurt by church. Church hurt. Some of you have been hurt by pastors. I, I know that. I, I, we know that hurt too. But let me tell you something. That should not define your relationship with God. It should refine you to have a better relationship with God. Amen? Come on and give him a praise in Jesus' name. I didn't mean to get all ooey-gooey on y'all. Sorry about that. So let me give you another scripture here. Because now we want to, last week I talked about what does a nation look like that transitions um, from God? And this was the last scripture I gave you, is blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord. That's Psalms thirty-three twelve 12a is the a clause. Blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord. The moment this nation moves away from God is the moment we stop being blessed. Now, I'm just giving you Bible. I'm not trying to Uh, instill any kinds of emotions in this church today, because I just give facts and then I let you sort it out, right? And so the one thing I do know based on the word of God is that the moment we start moving away from God as a nation is the moment we stop being blessed. So we got to change what we say, God bless America. No, America need to start blessing God. At this point, we need to change the song because God has already blessed America, i.e., that's the problem with America. America has been too blessed, right? And there's a lot of pride that's going on right now. So since we are already in this and I already got me ooey-gooey-eyed, let me go on into this. Are you ready? Are you ready? All right. Let's talk about some more stuff here. What was this nation built upon? Because we've got to understand what the nation was built upon so we can understand where we need to go back to. Because if you don't know where you came from, then you don't know where you're going. Right? And so, so if we don't understand the fundamentals of this nation and how it was built... Now, there were some issues in the way it was built. Granted, I know that. But we've got to understand true leadership. And I'm talking about from a leadership perspective because everything rises and falls on leadership. Families are destroyed because of bad leadership. Companies are destroyed because of bad leadership. Churches fail because of bad leadership. Everything rises and falls on leadership. If you are the leader of any organization, then it rests upon you. This church, it rests upon me and God. And I have to do in God's favor everything I need to do to make sure that this church is not successful but significant. Did you you hear the wording there? Because if you're looking for success, that's what the world's idea of success is. But God wants us to be significant. Because a success may be rated in numbers in the world, but significance, you can take 12 and turn the whole world upside down. God did that. So that's why I say significance over success. They were successful, weren't they? But they were significant because they only needed 12. Jesus said, if you can just give me 12. We got more than 12 people in this church right now. Amen? But, and I truly believe that you sitting in this house right now can turn this world upside down. I believe that with all my heart. Wait a minute. The disciples weren't no better than you. So, oh, you thought they were better than you? They were just men. They were just fishermen and doubters and cussers and just like you. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. <laughs> now, y'all just got real holy on me. I saw it. <laughs> Pastor, I can't believe you said that we curse. <laughs> you was cursing last night. So, yeah, they were just reg- regular, ordinary men. They just followed an extraordinary God. Amen. Amen. If you did uh, just a deep study on the twelve. Um, you will learn something significant about these guys. It's, it's amazing when you really go into their lives. It's, it's you, and then you go back and you go, you go, oh, shoot, I could have done that, right up until the end. Yeah. <laughs> all of them died a martyr except John. So <laughs> let me just deal in truth. <laughs> I, I would have been all right except the back the last part, you know, that dying on the cross and. I don't know if my prayer would have been the same as Jesus' prayer. I don't know. You know, y'all look at that and go, man, yeah, yeah, I could have done that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I could have said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. I might have had a few cuss words first, but See, see, they just got real holy again. Did you see that? That's all right. That's all right. So what was this nation built upon? Let me give you some things here, guys, and I just want you to ponder on this. I'm not trying to preach or anything. We just, we just, we, I just want you to think for a little bit. I want you to listen to the words of John Adams in a speech to the military in 1798. He warned the fellow countrymen. He stated this. He said, we have no government armed with power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. Our Constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. Those are some powerful words. Now, if you've been in this church any length of time, I've said to you time and time again that the Constitution is only for people who live right. Now I'm going to back it up by what I said because I said that a lot and maybe you didn't get it. So now you're going to get it a whole lot better. Because these are some of the framers of the Constitution. And you, if you don't understand our founding documents and what this, this country was built upon, then you're going to lose where we need to be going. You see how quiet y'all got? Uh-huh. Y'all want the hooping and the running around the church. You don't want no good teaching. I'm just telling tell you some stuff here. This is truth. Because the Constitution was there for people who live right. If you are not living right, you should have, have reason to be nervous. All right. You didn't like that one? Let me give you another one. Praise the Lord. Noah Webster. How many of you guys use the Webster's Dictionary? Did you know he was a Christian? Noah Webster, author of The First American Speller and The First Dictionary, he said this. The Christian religion in its purity is the basis or rather the source of all genuine freedom in government. And I am persuaded that no civil government of a Republican form can exist and be durable in which the principles of that religion have not a controlling influence. So in other words, what Noah Webster was saying is, without us having some type of moral compass, a government will fall apart. And just to be clear, I'm not teaching on politics today. I'm teaching on religion. Now, our religion should govern our politics and not the other way around. i give you another one. Benjamin Franklin, we probably all know this guy who signed the Declaration of Independence. He said, only a virtuous people are capable of freedom. That's a powerful statement right there. Okay. Only a virtuous people. Well, then, then we got to go back to the Bible because this brother's quoting Bible right here. He who the Son set free is free indeed. It is for freedom. He set us free. So that's Bible right there. Yeah. Right? He set us free so that we can live right. So he didn't set you free to give you a card to live wrong. So in other words, you don't get a get-out-of-hell-free get card. Oh, I'm saved now. I can just go and do whatever I want to do. Well, then that means that why get saved then? Why receive Jesus if Jesus says, oh, just come as you are. You don't have to change. There's no transformation There's there's no transition from light to dark, or from dark to light, I'm sorry. But you can continue to sin and do whatever you want to do, and you can say that you're saved. Then my question would be, why get saved? Listen, I enjoyed drinking. (laughs) I liked it. Whiskey was my choice. I liked my whiskey. I'm telling you, I enjoyed it a lot. My wife is sitting right here, she can tell you I enjoyed it. Praise God. So if, oh, then I can just go to church and get saved and I can continue to drink my whiskey and cuss people out and act a fool, then why continue to go to church? Why even do it, saints so of God? I'm just trying to paint a picture here so you can understand that he didn't save you so you can continue to live in sin. Amen. You don't get a license for immorality. Amen. You get a license to live right, to live pure, to be a virtuous people. Talk to me, somebody. Y'all getting a history lesson today. Praise God. I like this kind of stuff. Let me give you one last one. Samuel Adams. I'm not talking about the beer. (laughs) 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 But people who drink, y'all know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Man, I've tried just about all of those rascals too, boy. That drinker got about, what, about 60 kind of beers? Ain't lying. See, the people who don't drink don't know what I'm talking about right now. Man, they had that last one. They had, they made it with, oh, see, I'm talking too much now. <laughs> Samuel Adams, <laughs> the signer of the Declaration of Independence and the father of the American Revolution, this is what he said. He said, I conceive we cannot better express ourselves than by humbly uh, supplicating uh, the Supreme Court, the Supreme Ruler, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I looked away for a second, I'm sorry. <laughs> Y'all just just know I don't like the Supreme Court. I ain't lying. I'm just telling you right now. They just, my bad. So the supreme ruler of the world, that the confusions that are and have been among the nations may be overruled by the promoting and speedily bringing in the holy and happy period when the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ may be everywhere established and the people willingly bow to the scepter of him who is the Prince of Peace. That if we can get our current leaders to talk like this, and I'm talking about on both sides, yeah, 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 to bring this right here, yeah, yeah. oh, man, you got my vote. now. I'm, I'm all tore up because I'm not hearing this. I'm not hearing we're going back to the righteousness of Christ on either side. Now, you can say what you want to say. There's a couple of little smatterings of stuff on that side and little little smatterings on this side. I don't hear nobody demanding that we live for righteousness and holiness without there being some underpinning, well, we want to live right, but we want this wrong. No, you can't have it both ways. Either you're going to live holy or you're not. Okay. All right. I knew that one wasn't going to go across real good, but... I hope y'all got something out of it because this is what established this nation. It was established on Christianity. It was established on the word of God. And we got to get back to that. So listen, there are four attributes to building a great nation. Y'all want to know what they are? What time is it? All right. All right, maybe we'll do the first one. Y'all want to do the first one? Because I want to get y'all out of here. All right, so there are four attributes to building a great nation. Now, this has nothing to do with anything outside of the Bible. We're gonna take these four attributes straight from the Word of God and we're gonna get it from Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 1 through 5. You ready to dive into this a little bit? Amen. All right, so let's dive into it a little bit. Okay, so the first one is humility. So before we go there, let's go to uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8. Let's read there, let's read it together, okay? This is powerful, guys. And th- these attributes are some pretty powerful attributes. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and start reading while you turn there. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verses 1. It says, every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply, that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. Verse 2 says, and you shall remember the Lord your God. He led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you, to test you, to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. I got those four attributes from verse 2. The four attributes that we're going to talk about came from verse 2. But verse 3 says, So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which, he did not, which you did not know uh, uh, as you were. Let me go back. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone. But man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And then verse 4 says, your garments did not wear out and nor did your shoes. Now, let me, let me just put a tack here for a second. Uh, ladies, something here, powerful. This is, this is powerful. This is, this is very powerful. It's powerful. Man, for ladies, let me tell you something. For, f- for 40 years, God said, your clothes didn't wear out and your shoes didn't wear out either. <laughs> Praise God Right, right So these ladies didn't have to buy any new shoes <laughs> Like they had to buy shoes back then anyway, right They made their shoes back then But I'm just saying You know, but but boy Wouldn't it be a blessing Fellas That the shoes never wore out <laughs> And I gotta go home tonight Praise the Lord I just thought that would be such a blessing. (laughs) The clothes never wear out. Imagine that your clothes never wear out. God, God, listen, listen, God is so amazing for 40 years, 40 years, 40 years. Your clothes never wear out. Your shoes never wear out. He fed them for 40 years. Now, listen, you know what this is dealing with, right? This is dealing with God knows how to take care of his people. If he can take care of people for 40 years, they had no needs. How much more can he take care of your needs? That's what this is getting at. Listen, in other words, God says, I can give you something that never wears out. That's what he's saying. I can give you something that would never wear out. Because I'm in your life, I can give you the Holy Spirit would never wear out. Right, You can continue to grow and develop. So listen, let's go to humility, and then I'm going to just do this one, and we're going to stop and pray. Okay? So let's do humility uh, really, really quick, because this right here is what I believe is choking us right now as a nation. Humility um, means that it, 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 it takes us being humble enough to trust God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and, and let me just take my own life personally, because I was very prideful, especially when I got out of the Marines, and nobody did nothing for me. I did everything on my own. And, and then I, when I failed, like, 50 times, then I said, then I might need something else. Because <laughs> when my A plan and B plan failed, and my C and my D and my 1F and 2A and 3B failed, and then my life was falling apart. So, so listen, one thing that really almost destroyed me was pride. Pride. See, one thing that's, that's so detrimental about pride, pride will deceive you to think that you're not prideful. <laughs> yes, <it will. laughs> I mean, because uh, everybody say, oh, you pride. <laughs> I ain't prideful. What are you talking about? Right. Yeah, you know you're a bona fide, narcissistic rascal. Come on. Mm-hmm. Not me. I, I, I know what I'm doing. See, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> See, deception. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 24, before he gave that laundry list of some of the things we need to look out for before the end time, the first thing he said is be careful that you are not deceived. Self-deception is the worst deception. Don't be deceived, saints of God. Don't allow pride to creep into your life to make you think you all that in a bag of chips. You're going to need God. You're going to need God. Sooner or later, you're going to need him. I don't care what your bank account looks like right now. I don't care what kind of education you got. At some point, none of that is going to make a hill of beans because it's not going to be based on your education or your bank account for you getting into heaven. It's going to be based on your relationship with Jesus. Now, listen, I want you to be blessed. I want you to have a lot of money. God is not concerned about your money. (laughs) Let me tell you this. Let me just straighten something up. God don't mind you being rich. He doesn't. It's okay to be rich. It's just, you're just rich. It ain't nothing different than rich and poor people. They just got more money than the poor people got. You can just eat a better steak and wear a better suit. But it's just money. Right now, listen, but if your mentality don't change, you can win the lottery and still have a poor living and broke mindset. And guess what? In six years, you'll be back broke and poor living. Why? Because you never changed your mindset. Now, I grew up in the ghettos of Alabama. I had to get out, but I had to change the way I was thinking to stay out. So here's the deal. You, everybody here, you're already rich. Amen. You're rich in Christ. Now, listen, do you want to have richness in your bank account? Yes. I had two people that said yeah. <laughs> I know I caught you off guard. I know it. I know it. I know it. Now, how many here want to have richness in your bank account? Yes. Amen. And, and I got all this up, right? God doesn't mind you having a big house and driving a nice car. He doesn't mind you having things. He minds things having you. See, the moment you put those things over him, the moment you put your focus on the blessing and not the blesser, that's where God has a disparity. The Bible actually says, check this out, that money answers all things. That's in the Bible. See, money is not bad. It's the love of money that makes it bad. And since God loves me more than he loves money, he don't mind me having money. He loves you more than the money, so he don't mind you having it. It's just money. How many buckets do you have so God can pour money into it? All right, let me just let me sit right here for a second. If you don't have a way for God to bless you, stop asking for the blessing. You're wasting your time. How is he going to bless you? God is not going to rain down money from heaven. He does not act like that. He does not operate like that. God would allow you to get money through a resource. You got to have an avenue. You have to have a bucket. You got to have some kind of way that God can bless you. If you don't have any kind of way that God can funnel money through you, i.e., if you don't have some kind of business, a job, an idea, a song, a thought, a book, or something that God can bless you with. Stop asking for the blessing if you don't give him a bucket to bless you with. Yeah. Yeah. What are you waiting on? I'm just waiting on God to bless me. What have you done? Nothing. Well, I know, I know the Lord wanted me to start a ministry. Well, what are you waiting on? Well, I'm, wait, I'm, uh, uh, I'm waiting on the pastor to, to say that is it's uh, okay. Well, did he tell you or did he tell the pastor? Y'all already know. You come up to me. Pastor, I believe the Lord uh, wants me to start something. Good. Start it. Get on out there and do it. Well, I just know you're not doing that at your church. That's because he didn't tell me to do it. He told you to do it. He told me to support you in doing it. So let me clear something up here, guys. At this church, just this church, if you're visiting from another church, that's great, but just this church. At this church... It's not you coming to support my vision. I don't really need that. God got my vision tied up. It's going to be all right. He told me my job was to help you fulfill yours. Because guess what? If I help you fulfill your vision, guess what I'm doing? Hello. Bam, drop the mic. (laughs) Is that making sense? See, that, that message turned and got real pragmatic. But it's good because you need the practical start of a, part of a message, right? So listen, I don't even know how we got on the blessing part. But listen, God is ready to bless his church. But how many buckets do you have? Okay, let me just say this. If you are at a place on your job where you can't really go any higher, then start another bucket. Stop complaining about it. They won't promote me. Well, promote yourself. Start a business. Because when you start a business, you are your own boss. But then you'll understand what it means to be a boss. That's why I always tell people, if you think you can do a better job pastoring, start a church. And you'll see how hard it is. It is not easy. It's definitely a call. Because I make good money what I do with my mind. And I can continue doing that. But God called us to be pastors. So I'm not in it for the money. Because we pay our bills with what we make with our minds. But guess what? We're getting ready to open up a couple of new buckets. And God is getting ready to bless us through our buckets. Right. So listen. Uh, Don't clap yet. Don't clap yet. So when you see us blessed, don't get all mad and jealous and vexed because I'm telling you, make a bucket. And don't come up in here talking about, hey, Stella, mine ain't in the church. You need to get saved. Not all pastors are stealing money from churches. But let me, let me just clear some stuff up, though. You need to bless your pastors. Because if you understood what we go through on a daily, we protect this church from most of the stuff that we have to deal with. And not to get a salary? Then it's a call. It, 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 what, what way my life was, you better know it's a call. Because if I hadn't shot some of y'all, I would not slapped some of y'all. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, I told you I grew up in the ghetto. I ain't lying. That's all you heard was bullets every night. Right? I didn't go anywhere without my gun every night. So I understand. I still don't. So, so you know, that's, that's just the way I, y'all caught that, didn't you? <laughs> amen. So I'm going to pause right there. Right? So listen, I want you to think about some things. And, and th- this is very, I want you to think very carefully. There is something more inside of each of you. Don't put any limitations on what you can do based on where you've been. There are no limits in God. You hear me? There are no limits in God. There is something, if you tap into God, good, God can show you something that's inside of you that he only wanted you to do. Nobody else can do it. And listen. I'm talking about a resource or an avenue to where God can send you money. Amen. So let's just, I'm the, don't get it twisted. God can bless you spiritually. I know that. You're already blessed spiritually. But I'm just saying God can give you something. But it's got, he's got to bless you through something, saints of God. He does want you to be blessed. And I, true, this, listen, let me, let me go ahead and tell you what I'm, what I'm sensing in my heart. Th- there is a transference about to take place in the church. I'm telling you right now, God is about to do something. The, way, the state that the world is in right now, God is about to transfer something to his house. And I want to set you up for the blessing. I don't want you to be outside the camp looking in talking about, man, I wish I had done that. No, 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 no. I'm running now. See, the thing about this is the last thing, I promise you. The thing about running track, how many of you guys like track and field? That's probably all I like to watch when I start watching the Olympics. It's track and field, and I like gymnastics. How many of y'all like gymnastics? Boy, gymnastics is going to be off the chain, boys. Ooh, we got some girls. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Some girls going to be bad. And so when you got a relay and a baton, when that person is running behind, right, full speed, the person that's about to make the exchange to... They can't just sit there and wait. Because if they wait, they're going to collide. Because this person is running at full speed, this person is sitting still. So what has happened is, what had happened was, (laughs) that person knows when to start running. They have it marked off. And so they know at some point, okay, I got to get my speed up too. So they start running to get to the same speed as the person behind them, and you hear them say, stick. Why? Because he's saying, I'm ready to put a deposit in you. God is saying, I'm trying to get you to start running, because if you don't start running, I'm going to run over you. And if you start running and you lift your hand out, God said, I can put something in your hands. That's what happened with Moses. Moses said, God, I can't, I can't, I can't speak. What, 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 what do you want me to do? You want to send me to Pharaoh? I can't speak. And God said, what is that in your hands? You got something in your hands, saints of God. Stop complaining about how dark it is and get something in your hands. Find these people who have a business. Support them. Guess what? The Bible says, give and it shall be given unto you. It'll come back. Trust me, I know what I'm saying here. Shelley Ann starting that business. Man, that's, that's a beautiful thing. Everybody should be willing to sow a seed in it. Why? It's going to come back. The Bible says he gives seed to the sower, and if you're not sowing anything, don't ask for any seed.
0: We hope you've been blessed by today's powerful teaching. Thank you for your continued prayers and financial support of this ministry. Visit us in person at 5805 West Highway 74 in Indian Trail, North Carolina. That's near Lowe's Hardware. Or you can find us on the web at www.changeatc3.org. That's change, C-H-A-N-G-E-A-T-C, the number three, dot org. Or call us at 704-821-7368. Covenant Community Church, where the truth is revealed.